Go Ask Alice is a show intended for adult audiences because adults want to learn too. Sometimes we cover sensitive material, so please take care of yourselves and listener discretion is advised. Now on to the show. internet friends and welcome back to another episode of Go Ask Alice, the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes and bring you wonderful factoids for adventures in Wiki Wonderland. I'm Drew and I ate way too many spicy peppers last weekend. With me is... <laughs> I'm Lindsay and I have spray painted in a poorly ventilated area. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jean and I need to have an answer for why my cats are obsessed with open mouth sniffing my wrists. <laughs> <laughs> If someone has that, please let me know. <laughs> this is the show where we wander around the depths of Wikipedia to bring you the most interesting, silliest, and funnest topics we can possibly find. Every week we start on the same wiki page, wander around using hyperlinks, and then find something to share with each other and with all of you. This week, we started on door-to-door, as in door-to-door salesmanship, or door-to-door selling, or soliciting, or, you know, just bothering you when you're trying to relax in your living room. Where did everybody end up well it's very difficult for me to get off door to door but then when i did i went on a fucking tangent okay I'm flying <laughs> i ended up on night owls the per- like the people night owls oh like people yeah people yeah like oh people. like people who can't go to sleep oh exactly yeah that's exactly All right. it that sounds like it's gonna be pretty psychological i like that it's not but it- <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay well i don't care Bam. i'll tune out okay <laughs> <laughs> Gene, what about you? Um, I ended up on the Hoochie Coochie, if you want to <laughs> take, take a guess about, about that. The, the hanky panky of the Hoochie Coochie? Wait, what's the hanky panky? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I don't know anything, I'm like, it's because I was born in Russia. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, like, like sexy. Say it. Say it. <laughs> sex? Is it sex? It's sexy. It's sexy. I mean, this is it, it, this is kind of sexy. Yeah, yeah. You could you could, you could say that. <laughs> oh, say that. <laughs> it's called the hoochie coochie. How far? How far did you have to go? It was only like fifteen clicks. Okay, that's okay. Actually, super compro. I also went like somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen clicks, but I landed on Google Whack. Google. <laughs> it's whack. one All word. Right. Google Whack. <laughs> whack. Whack. But before we do that, we have to answer our question of the week. So t- uh, today's week's question of the week is, do you prefer the aisle or the window seat? And as per a Twitter poll, we are pretty pretty decided on this one. About 20% of our listeners said that they prefer the aisle, leaving 80% who prefer the window. <laughs> Ooh, Wow. Yeah, what about you guys? I literally have no preference as long as there's no one sitting next to me because I hate people. <laughs> Wait, that's that's so cute though because one of our listeners in our Discord said that they prefer either one but whatever's most convenient for people. So they're like your exact Aww. inverse. <laughs> they are my antithesis. Yeah, that's so sweet. <laughs> what about you, Drew? Uh, oh no, I'm going to be in the 20 percenters and, and be the aisle seat. Because I like to gatekeep who gets to go out and come in. Be like, no, no, you do not get to pass. That's not a good reason for it at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're just power tripping up in there. Exactly. That's all I live for. 
I like the aisle for like almost the exact same reason, but again, the antithesis because it's like, I don't like to bother people about getting up. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of where I am. Yeah. I also like to gatekeep. Excuse me. I I need to go poop. (laughs) 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 On a plane. Or I guess on a plane. Do you say that on the plane? I need to go poop on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) Please vacate the aisle seat. Make way. I need to go poop. I need to poop on this plane. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Right here, right now. Um, What order? I'm just going to keep moving on. What order order should we go in? No, no, I lie. We have a very important order of business. Speaking of business, we need to go doing your business. And now for Go Ask Alice business, we had a new patron this week. It's all related. Gunshizer, a.k.a. Battle Shits, a.k.a. Michelle, is our new patron. Woo! Woo! We love you, Michelle. Gene's allowed to not be excited because Michelle is his sister, but Drew and I could be excited. And Drew can give one of his famous smoochy supremes. (laughs) Put it in bread and it's got... (laughs) You ready for it? Um, There you go. That was just everybody else... Everybody else has to take out their headphones when they listen because that was only from Michelle. Ooh, I want to see her reaction when she hears it live and in person. Live and in person. Thank you so, so, so much, Michelle. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and believing in the power of friendship. And we love you so, so, so much. If anyone else wants to be a patron and also get smoochied and also get stickers, which are almost as good as smoochies, just go find Go Ask Alice on Patreon or wherever else you find your Patreon things other than patreon.com. And if that's not really your favorite thing to do and you prefer to just contribute through friendship, we have a permanent open invitation to our Discord that lives on our Twitter, Go Ask Alice pod. And there's a link tree that goes to everything. Absolutely any way that you can increase entropy on the internet if you have time leave a review somewhere because those are always nice oh yeah oh, yeah do that yeah a do good that. review please <laughs> it's like a message in a if bottle it's a bad one you can move on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep that to yourself if it's bad <laughs> like, yeah if you have nothing nice yeah. to say don't yes. say it at all That's <laughs> exactly this applies especially here <laughs> Unless it's us. Then we'll shit talk everyone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. What order should we talk our shit? We've got Google Black. We've got Night Owls. I already forgot Jean's topic. The Hoochie Coochie. The Hoochie Oh my God. How did I forget? Oh God. All of know. these are very fun titles. I have no idea what Google Whack is. Whack. I have no idea what Hoochie Coochie. Do we go Google Whack? Hoochie Coochie. Hookie and then Night Owls. So All right. Those three. Yeah, it works for me. That sounds awesome. Let's dive right in. So a Google Vlack, it, it, for lack of any other kind of definition, is basically some kind of internet brain teaser or contest where you find something on the internet, on Google, that only has one entry in all of the grand wide internet. It only appears once. And it is two words. So you find a pair of words, totally fine if they don't make sense together, that only appears once. And the rule is that each of those independent, so if it's a two word phrase, each of those words by themselves has to be a real word, 
has to really exist. You can't make up a nonsense word and you can't use quotations. So this was devised by a guy named Gary Stock in 2002. And there's kind of like a funny underlying paradox because the moment you find a Google whack, if you post it to a forum or tell anyone you have found it, it now exists in at least two places on the internet, which is kind of what nerd sniped me. Because I thought not only was it entertaining to read some of the examples, which I'll share with you, but this paradox of once you find one, you kind of ruin it. And what are some of the ways that people get around that? How do you brag that you found this rare gem of the internet without actually ruining the gem for everybody else? Hmm. So I don't know. How do you? I was like, is that a rhetorical question? I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, so some people have gotten around it by just posting screenshots, but those are also kind of hard to check. And, you know, that, yeah, so screenshot is one way. Another way that people have done it is they just like mess up the word by putting X's in between some of the letters. So it's not like really posted. It's like, you know, if you just remove all the X's, it's kind of like encoded. Um, But what other people have done is found phrases that do not exist exist anywhere so that when they post it as a Google whack, that is the one and only entry. Oh, wow. Which I thought was very clever. But the whole challenge of finding something that has zero entries on the internet is kind of the beauty in and of itself. So to set kind of the precedence, this was made extremely famous by somebody named Dave Gorman, who's a British comedian. And I actually knew who Dave was because he was on a season of Taskmaster. I don't know if you guys have ever watched Taskmaster. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, that I show. Uh, so he was on one and he's also been on quite interesting which is very similar to our show here so what happened was just to kind of this is almost kind of a tangent but dave gorman was writing a book or he had like a bunch of money to write a book and found out about google wax and was so interested in them that he wanted to hunt down everybody who like if if somebody had posted a Google whack um, and like was the owner of the only entry of that thing on the internet, he wanted to find those people who wrote those only entries. Basically, like finding the people who have written a phrase that only exists once on the internet, the origins of these Google whack phrases. So he made a book about hunting those people down and like talking to them. And what was super fucking weird to me is that his project before this one was finding all the other Dave Gormans that he possibly could in the world. And one <laughs> of those Dave Gormans was also the owner of a Google hack. <laughs> oh, nice. Super weird cross, like, crossed his own path with that one. But the reason he even started doing this was because he had a Google whack on one of his websites, and it was Francophile Namesakes. So up until that point, the phrase Francophile namesakes did not exist anywhere else on the internet. Francophile. Francophile. It's a Francophile. Somebody who loves France. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So somebody reached out to him and said, hey, by the way, you have a Google whack on your website. And then that's when he was like, oh, my God, what the fuck? But what's super funny about this is that he went on this whole you know, trail to find all these people, wrote this book and burned through all of the money that he was given to write his original novel that he just like did not write. He So he his Google whack book became a national bestseller, like hit number one. But he never wrote the other book that he was paid to write. So he was kind of in deep shit and he had to, to pay to pay the people back he actually had to make a show about finding the google wax so there's like this whole kind of like subculture that's been built around it but it was basically because this guy got like super distracted um by the whole thing (laughs) which i just thought was 
we can all relate. Um, a harder version of the game is a Google Wackblatt, which is a word that people have come up with. So instead of it being a two-word phrase, it's just a single word. A single word that exists once on the internet. Wow. I didn't even no such thing. Uh, well, apparently it does. Wait, 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 hold on. Can it it has to be a real word though? Yes. This doesn't exist. Shut up. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> Things got is particularly harder, I think, as Google itself changed and its algorithm changed. And so just so everybody knows, before the show, I reached out to Drew and Jean and I did not tell them what my topic was, but I gave them essentially the same prompt to find a Google Wack. And I want to just kind of warm up the audience with a few examples of Google Wacks from the past. So this was earlier in the early 2000s when Google was not maybe as popular, was not on as many websites when other websites didn't really exist in the way that we have them today. So back when the game was a bit easier, some previous Google Wax have been Volcanologist Liturgy, Wind Tunnel Bigot. <laughs> Wind Tunnel Bigot. <laughs> That's something I'd like to see. <laughs> I want to use that as an insult, you fucking Wind Tunnel Bigot. Wind Tunnel Bigot. bigot. <laughs> Supplicated Dog Sled. <laughs> and Missiological Cucumber. Ooh, I, I like that last really one. I really like... I really like how it's one really super complex word and then one really short, like, well-known word. And it's just like, yeah. stick them two together and you don't, you know, <laughs> you're not going to find it. Yeah. So I I had to look up the rules because, like I said, it's gotten a lot harder now, especially because the Google algorithm will say, did you mean these other synonyms and search for those? So, for example, when I was trying to do this earlier, I wrote aubergine and it gave me a ton of results for eggplant, even though I never typed eggplant. Plant. So when I gave the well, prompt wait, wait, to wait, 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 wait. Aubergine is an eggplant, though. But it's a different word. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like I just mean like yeah, literally the letters, the assembly of letters okay. should only yeah, appear once. Yeah. So when I looked up the rules. Again, I think this is from a different era. You are not allowed to use quotation marks. So when you're doing a Google search, you can tell Google, no, I strictly mean these words. Do not look up any synonyms. Uh, if you do that and you use quotation marks, the game becomes a lot easier. Um, in fact, there were- a I thought in Google, when you put things in quotes, it strictly looks just for what's in the quotes and nothing else. That's correct. Wait, isn't that isn't that what you're saying what you want? In in the rules of Google Wack, you are not allowed to search that way. But then you get a bunch of weird results like eggplants instead. It, exactly. So that's why I'm saying that I think that this game really came about in a different era of Google. But with sticking to my own rules and sticking to the Google Wack rules, I got pretty damn close to a Google Wack. And so I'm interested to see what you guys tried and how low could you go in number Ooh. of Google results. So did did you guys get to give it a try? Well, I want to preface or preface this, preface, right? That's the word. Preface. By saying, I totally didn't read your two rules and I was like, oh yeah, like owlbears, totally. And like, that's not in the dictionary. So that I was immediately off. And that's when I sent you that message being like, oh, you guys better get down to the double digits. Otherwise you got some strong competition here. So I, my original one was owlbear turdlets, which was seven <laughs> results. And I was like, hell yeah, no one's going to beat me here. But then I, I reread the rules and I was like, oh shit, this is all wrong. So I ended up on Xylotomous Cankles. Wow. How many results were there for that? That gave me 43 results. And that would translate into wood burrowing thick ankles. <laughs> so each to the other rule, 
just I, I can't remember if I said this already for everybody else, but the other rule is that each of the words individually must be found in the dictionary. So, Gene, yes. I've never heard those words before, but those are both real words. You've never heard of cankles before? I've heard of cankles. <laughs> First of all, did not think cankles was actually in the dictionary. I'll say that. Yeah, I looked it up. Because I, I, after I screwed up originally, I was like, okay, I need to double check everything now. Oh, because owl bear was not in the dictionary. That's right. And I was very excited because D&D and all that. But yeah, the dictionary okay. does not recognize owl bears. <laughs> <laughs> and really, and that's why we brought you all here today. Please hear out our cause to add owl bear to the dictionary. Okay, so 43 is the number to beat. Drew, are you able to beat it? No, not, not even close. No. <laughs> So I ended up on sesquipedalian, what is this word? Lubro, it's it basically a person who reads books in bed. Lubro okay. person. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce this word. Fucking, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. And I ended up at 250 results. Wow, you guys are kicking ass. That's phenomenal. My, my first few were like in the hundreds Oh my of God. So I, like, oh, I will say that um, I wrote down a whole range of things I tried and you guys are going to make me look so bad. So let's let's do a countdown here. My, my own search. Impressionist numerology brought up about a million results. Yeah. So that one that one was bad. So I did a, a bit better. I did triptych sonar, which got me eight hundred thousand results. <laughs> particularly because there is a band called Sonar that has a song called Triptych, which really fucked me over. So thanks a lot, <laughs> Sonar, whoever you are. Airtight moleskin got me down to two hundred thousand. The countdown gets gets a lot better, but you guys just really blew me out of the water. Anti-symmetric bubblegum only had one hundred and twenty thousand results, and finally the best I was able to do was. Coquillage auto cannibalism with ten results. Ooh! Oh, wow, that's good. <laughs> Wait, anti-symmetric? Isn't it just asymmetric, or is anti-symmetric something? Anti-symmetric is also a word. Is it? I learned something new. <laughs> So Jean's best was 43. I barely, it's hard. I'm amazed. It took me hours to even get that list that I just shared with you. So you guys are really kicking ass. Like I- No, I'm, I, I'm a little annoyed about how long I spent on Google <laughs> just searching for stupid <laughs> random word combinations. I looked at the time and I was like, I hate myself. Also, I kind of hate Lindsay for this. <laughs> It's kind of fun, though, because what's so fun about it is that you can't use Google to help because any common like if you Google searched uncommon words like that's mm -hmm. immediately common. Like there's just that paradoxical nature. You really do have right. to mine your imagination. Yeah. Absolutely. I was telling Drew and, and Jean before the show that I was yelling to the other room to my boyfriend, like, give me a three-syllable word and something you find in a Cracker Barrel. It was like, aubergine snowshoes. <laughs> that was not it. <laughs> The best I could come up with was actually a combination of past Go Ask Alice start pages, which were coquillage. And we started on cannibalism, but I made it auto-cannibalism. So thank you, Go Ask Alice. Yeah, we win. We win. <laughs> we're all winners here. Kind we're of. all winners today. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't able to find a, a true Google whack, but if any of you listening want to give it a whack and let me know, um, I would be, well, we'll have to find a coded way to let us know, right? Because then that ruin 
ruins it if we talk about it. So find a uh, clever way to let us know. I forgot to actually mention that one of the ways people did it in the past is that they just wrote it backwards. And there's apparently a Google engine that's E-L-G-O-O-G or Google backwards. And it will give you Google pages in reverse. And actually it was started to get around some of the restrictions by the Chinese government. So is it is it part of subverting um, governments or is it just to, you know, talk about Google Wax? I don't really know. But that is another way. <laughs> Can't it be both? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you want to tell us your Google Wax in reverse so that we don't ruin their, their prestige, I would love to hear about the ones people find. That's good. That's a good game. That's fun. That's a fun <laughs> Thanks game. Thanks for playing with me. <laughs> Yeah, it was <laughs> until I started going mad. Hey, I'm very impressed with you guys. I'm very, very, very impressed. There was some, I was reading some really old archived pages and some people were like, oh, got this one on the first try. I'm like, okay, this is 2005. All right, all right, mister. All right. <laughs> oh, 2005, good year. Good year, good year. It was for me. <laughs> Drew, I am so fucking shook that you just like first try found something 250 words. <laughs> it was it was just two it was two words that I just kind of took together. I was just like fucking big word, big word, bam, smack them together. I damn, but like seriously, between my anti-symmetric bubblegum and coquillage auto cannibalism, like that was like the difference between a hundred thousand and 10 and that like gap in improvement took me like two hours took you two hours (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just i knew i wanted to use sesquipedalian in some way and then i was just like i just have to add words to sesquipedalian and i get it (laughs) that's awesome that's yeah like the ones that are um unusual like i was thinking like niche subject matter like some like physics term or something and then, like, something with a ton of syllables would probably do pretty well. Let me try one thing. Um, like, I bet if you did, like, a medical term. Um, so I did the hoochie-coochie. Mm. Does anyone want to <laughs> take a stab at what that is? I already did, and I was wrong. Because I thought it was the oh, same right. as hanky-panky. Hoochie-coochie. Yeah. What? We did determine that it can be a little sexual. So you want to take a, take a stab? <laughs> take a sexual stab? <laughs> uh, I mean... I suppose you could. <laughs> a thrust, if you will. Oh, um, no! <laughs> Why are you so on it today? What? Wait, did you say thrust? Yeah, That's what wait. He said. Is it a dance? Is it a dance? Oh, oh, Drew's got it. Keyword thrust. Oh, no. Oh, it is. <laughs> is it a thrust dance? It is dance? a type of dance. Oh, okay. it can be. Oh. It's very pelvic. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> this is weird because my previous topic was dancing mania. So I'm kind of like, mm, do you I gotta, see a recurring theme here? <laughs> You've got a brand and it's pelvic thrust. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so the hoochie coochie is a type of exotic belly dancing performed by women of the Middle Eastern or Eastern European gypsy heritage from the mid to late 1800s. But it was later more or less appropriate appropriated, I was going to say appropriatized, appropriated by Western culture and turned into a sexually provocative form of entertainment. In what, like, era? Um, so it would be Victorian. I don't know. It's, it's Victorian era. So, like, late 1800s, early 1900s. But do, do we refer to the U.S. time period as Victorian era as well? Because I know that's British. Yeah, I, 
I'll accept it because I don't yeah. know any other yeah, it's, it's, it's basically when women were wearing corsets and like covered up fully and society was like obsessed with modesty and social decorum and all that. And that's when we got the pelvic thrust. <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay. So just some like quick imaginative wording for what it looks like and how it's performed. So the dance moves include but are not limited to shoulder shimmies. Um, along with whimsical spinning and fluid hand movements. There's side traveling movements with pelvic circles, very slow pelvic cir- circles with sudden pelvic thrusts or locks. Oh. This oh. is this is where Drew got it. He got it. <laughs> and lots of uh, very, very timid kind of several foot patterns all throughout. Ooh, I so, like that. So like apprehensive footwork, but then very confident thrusting. Yes, yes. Okay. It's a little bit of everything, but mostly in the pelvic area. So dancers would wear loosely layered and flowing low-cut skirts that would expose the belly, obviously. Um, and these would vary in length down to like about the knees or all the way down to your ankles or, or maybe cankles. Um <laughs> They would wear they would wear various adorned hip belts that would have like little shiny bits and fringe for all that added movement. They'd have either small fitted vests with like a little blouse underneath, or sometimes they would actually wear blouses that like fully covered up the belly, which I thought was interesting considering it's belly dancing, dancing, and you yeah. would think like you'd want to show that off. But I, I realized all of like the focus on the belly was what Westerners did to it by sexualizing it. Oh. When where it originated from, they were kind of just covered up and dancing. That was just their their heritage. So that was interesting to me. Yeah. Um, hmm. They'd wear little headpieces, like little caps or like feathers, <laughs> glittery clips, all that kind of good stuff. I love that. And those. they'd have, yeah, and they'd have little ballet shoes or like short heels, nothing like crazy because they are moving around a lot. And they would just be covered in jewelry, like colorful necklaces and whatnot. I'm going to post something in our little hidden chat here for you to see. Oh, my God. I'm so... Because I already... You've done such a good job of describing what this looks like. I'm so oh, excited. Shit. <gasps> oh, shit. She my looks God. so happy. They she is so happy. And that it. pissed everyone off. <laughs> because she's disgusting. Disgusting, and she's not allowed to be happy. How dare you be happy? Yeah, look at so. That's right. So, um, do you want to? Well, I mean, I guess I already basically described what they look like. So I was gonna say, do you want to describe what you see here? But <laughs> yeah, I, just, I mean, I, I more or less did. What I what I would add, and these are all on our Twitter right now with the release of this episode, so you can come over and look for yourself. But there is a lot of sheer clothing, just like Jean described. And I think what's so exciting about them is that. These are at least recent enough that there is photographs of them. It's not just, um, you know, portraits of or paintings or things like that. But you can see like real people with real free hair flowing around and like all of their jewels that even though it's black and white, you can imagine like, you know, how colorful and sparkly it must have been. All kinds of Victorian layers, but done in a sexy kind of way. And we've got stockings and heels and patterns. Um and it's just so cheerful. I love that. I love how you describe that. Um, <laughs> so the term hoochie-coochie supposedly comes from the French word, and I'm probably going to butcher this, hoshiku, which refers to a small bird that constantly shakes its tail feathers. Um, <laughs> you can make the connection. <laughs> you can make the connection there. Um, however, before it was deemed hoochie-coochie and made popular in that sense, it was simply known as the muscle dance, stomach dance, danse du ventre, which... Uh, Translates into dance of the belly and sometimes the kuta kuta. Okay. All right. So there's that. 
Um, speaking of the term hoochie um, this was made popular by kind of like the blues, jazz, and rock era in the early to mid-1900s. So I have some examples from oh. lyrics from all three genres. Oh, wow. So in rock, yeah, in rock, we have Elvis Presley. Oh. I don't know if you've ever heard the, the, um, the song called Saved. No, I haven't. No. I haven't either until I looked it up. But one of the lyrics says, I used to smoke, drink, and dance the hoochie-coo. Oh, so, shit! <laughs> there's reference to it there. <laughs> then we have Jazz, Minnie the Moocher by Cab Calloway, which was oh, like a really yeah. fun... Do you know? Oh, oh I just know. Gasp. <gasps> Exciting. Okay, so the lyrics in that are simply, she was a low-down hoochie-coocher. Oh, oh shit. That's wow. Drew and I. That's so, her playing Fallout. That's why Drew yeah. and I... <laughs> Yes. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. I, to- I, I, I vibe. I, I forgot about Fallout. I, God, I love music from that game. <laughs> and then um, we have the blues. Um, and this is literally just called Hoochie Coochie Man by Muddy Waters. A lot of people are familiar oh, yeah. with Muddy Waters. Definitely I think, yeah. from Muddy Waters. The blues era. And the lyrics are, yeah, you know, I'm a Hoochie Coochie Man. Ooh. And Ooh. speaking of Hoochie Coochie Man, they were basically like pimps who did the shows for Hoochie Coochie Dancers. Oh, shit. This is like, yes. this is quickly becoming my dream old timey job if I went back in time. I think I would want to be a Hoochie Coochie Dancer. <laughs> I mean, from everything I read, it sounds awesome and just really fun. Fuck and yeah. people like loved to hate you and hated loving you. So who <laughs> wouldn't want that? <laughs> that would do wonders for my self-esteem, I think. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Hell yeah. He's like, <laughs> fuck everyone. I'm going to dance and shake my belly and smile at you and watch you freak the fuck out. <laughs> I got my jingly janglies on. <laughs> <laughs> listen to me sparkle. <laughs> yeah, listen to me sparkle. <laughs> oh, I imagine they were like very loud with all their little jewelry bits. <laughs> Frowning and smiling and shimmying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shimmy. Um, so I'm gonna kind of going to go into like the history of how it came to America and spread throughout and caused... Chaos, more or less. Um, (laughs) So the dance was basically unknown in the United States until 1893, where um, brightly colored dancers appeared in the Chicago World's Fair. I think it was the 400th or something like that fair. Um, And they ignited a social and media frenzy across the United States. And I don't want to say social media because that wasn't really unless you count newspapers. (laughs) Yeah. But during the span of like five or six months, I I had some... um, Different articles tell me it was five, some were saying six, and I was like, all right, five to six. During the span of this uh, World Fair, five to six months, 27 million people visited and saw these uh, hoochie-coochie dancers. And it was in a really popular sideshow sideshow attraction called The Streets of Cairo, featuring a dancer by the name of, I don't know, I want to butcher this, so I'm going to try to say it as authentically as possible, Farida Mazar Spiropolis. Okay. But her st- stage name was Fatima or just Little Egypt, which I thought was really cute. Oh. Um, and so this was one of the most memorable yet controversial performances at the fair or just like anywhere in general in the United States where people were both delighted with fascination and just morally disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to tell everyone how wrong it was. <laughs> um, 
So, so yeah, imagine these, quote, scantily clad performers, like, dancing and smiling at you and making direct eye contact. Zero modesty, zero decorum. I have... I have a couple newspaper clippings, quotes or whatever, yeah. and it wasn't all bad. Some, some were good, so I'll start with the good one. Okay. Um, quote, and this is from the Chicago Inter-Ocean 1893 newspaper. Uh, Fatima, the girl in blue, doesn't prance up and down the stage or go in mad gyrations or try to kick a hole in the ceiling. She keeps time in timid little steps and occasionally sidles the stage in slow gliding circles. It seems to be her pet ambition to disjoint herself at the hips, though a man in yesterday's audience thought she was suffering from an overdose of green apples. At any rate, her anatomy below the waist and the knees performs a series of violent tremors, spasms, and contortions. So not bad. He did point out that someone in the audience was like, oh my, but (laughs) pretty good. Green apples? What? The lady's afflicted Green. with the apples. <laughs> it was it was different times, Drews. Don't question it. <laughs> and then we have a snippet from the Charlotte newspaper, um, 1893 as well, around the same time. Because again, it was a five to six month period. And this says, a heavy-footed and heavy-featured girl who takes a few short labored steps, snaps her fingers, and accomplishes a muscular contortion not unlike that of a Newfoundland when after a swim, he shakes his shaggy coat, is to our eyes an absurd and ugly spectacle. Okay. <laughs> so you know, what a, you know what a Newfoundland is, right? It's like one of those big shaggy dogs. Yeah. So he compared her to a dog, basically, just shaking around on stage after getting wet. Okay, but like given these two completely different descriptions, I feel like they both do a fantastic job of describing what this must have looked like. Like these are both very vivid descriptions. Imagery, good imagery, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Um, <laughs> good job. 18 What was it? 1870 1893 1893 writers, good job. You did you did good. Writers, yeah. I don't know, Gene, you weren't here yet when I did sheer clothing, but I'm waiting for one of them to be like this invites pneumonia. Like this is. This I remember that episode. I love that episode. <laughs> this invites pneumonia. <laughs> this this whole ensemble invites pneumonia, like through and through. I also couldn't find any background information when I saw this, but I had to include it. Apparently, there's also a legend that Mark Twain had a near fatal heart attack when he saw this performance in person. So I just wanted to drop Whoa. that in here as well. Whoa. Yes. Um. So the show was seen as being so egregiously perverse by some people that there was also an official investigation conducted by the Board of Lady Managers to be, quote, made on behalf of public morality, um, end quote, in in, in an attempt to end this form of entertainment. Wow. Um, Yeah. Can you imagine how busy they would be today? I don't know, because uh, we'll we'll get to it, as you say. Yeah, um, and in response to that, the show's manager spitefully responded to the Philadelphia Inquirer with the following quote. He goes, they go to the park and say, my entertainment is vulgar. They say no good woman should countenance uh, the dancing of my lovely girls, but they come again the next day and sit for hours in the best seats in my theater and drink my coffee and applaud my dancers. Then they go out when they get to the entrance of my theater, they put into their looks disgust and outraged modesty. So he's basically calling out their hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, because in, in private, they're like, this is amazing. And then they go out and they're like, that was disgusting and no one should ever see it. <laughs> or, or in general. Wow. But then they come back the next day. So he's like, this is bullshit, you guys. Like, yeah. whatever. That's well phrased. That's well phrased. Yeah. Um, 
But despite the investigations and all the attempts to make laws to stop it, the show proved to be way too popular. So at best, they had to do some modifications. Unfortunately, I couldn't find it, but it, it sounded like it was just some slight stuff. So I'm assuming like a little bit more coverage and maybe not those direct glances into people's eyes because that's that's just too much. Too much. <laughs> this reminds me of Drew's Mr. President dance. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we can't. Oh, what is that? We can't talk about that. <laughs> no, all, right, all right, I'll tell you offline. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can. We can. Oh we can talk about that. That's fine. One time in college, I was in Drew's dorm, and he had come in from uh, like taking a shower, but I was in his room because that was just the room we hung out in. And he came in with a towel around his waist and started singing "Happy Birthday, Mr. President" like he was Marilyn Monroe. And then at the like while maintaining eye contact, and then at the end of it, Ooh. dropped his towel dramatically, <gasps> and I screamed. But he was wearing his boxers underneath, and he was crying. Ooh, spicy! We <laughs> like that. Drew, I had no idea you were so indecent. Drew is an entertainer. <laughs> an entertainer. <laughs> you 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 were born in the wrong era, boy. <laughs> Yeah, we should have got you some shimmy shammies. Mm. I like that you said shimmy shammies, actually, because it was also called shimmy dancing instead of hoochie coochie. Oh, well, okay. Oh. I think we're shimmy all shammies. in the wrong decade over here. Uh, so towards the end of the fair's duration, the hoochie coochie gained so much infamy and popularity that it was known and talked about across the entire country. Um, several other women who were inspired by, by it actually adopted it into their own dance moves and started performing everywhere, which is how it kind of got appropriated into Western culture because they sexualized it. You know, it's, it's the West. We, we got to overdo it. Yeah. But then there's also stories and records of wives fighting with their husbands for bringing it up as gossip during dinners. <laughs> there's stories of children mimicking the dance moves at school p- playgrounds, which was not acceptable. Oh. Um, yeah, and then men sneaking out at night to watch Hoochie Coochie dancers in erotic back alley shows. All right. So <laughs> it, 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 it quickly devolved into an actual perverse thing, which is all right. I mean, we all have our kinks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the dance was also featured um, because of its popularity. It was featured in a silent movie, and it was even featured in a 1929 Mickey Mouse cartoon called The Carnival Kid, where Minnie Mouse happens to be a hoochie-coochie dancer, or they they say it's a shimmy dancer, but it's literally the same thing. They're synonymous. And she was the object of Mickey's desires. Um, I guess we can post that later on as well on Twitter for people to see, because it's like like an eight-minute cartoon. Interesting. All right. Wow. Yeah. Um, So even though it was frowned upon, people were, like, obsessed with it. Yeah. And then it it just kind of slowly faded into history around the mid-1900s, despite it still being referenced in those, like, jazz and blues and rocks, um, rock songs, because basically it was just replaced with even more erotic dancing Mm, and mm -hmm. more perverse stuff, like strip teases and whatnot. Yeah, then we get to... Mr. President. (laughs) Yes, exactly, (laughs) exactly. That's how we get there. (laughs) (laughs) This week I ended up on the topic of night owls, uh, which, funny enough, I think is actually the first topic that I would actively use to describe myself. Because I, I am definitely a night owl. And so this is like the first topic where I was like, hey, that's me. You know, stop totally. describing me, Wikipedia, please. <laughs> is that why you stopped on it? Yeah, that's actually exactly why I stopped on it. 
Okay. Because I was just like, this is me. So I kind of want to know, like, the history of, of being a night owl and, and, like, what other people experience as being a night owl. Because, I, I don't know, that's cool to me, like, getting other people's experiences of something that I'm experiencing. I don't know. Mm, that's yeah. Cool. Can I ask? Um, yes. If you, if you didn't have, like, responsibilities, would you just sleep all day and be awake all night? So, actually... We will talk about that because during college, I was literally, my natural state was being nocturnal where during right. like finals week and things like that, where I was just like, all the responsibility was gone. You just had to study. I like my whole sleep schedule would completely flip and I would be like sleeping during the day and then like studying at night. And while it did definitely make it a lot easier to get like a, a seat at the library, cause that was always a problem, yeah. but it like, it it sucked. It yeah. sucked coming back home because my parents are just like, time to get up. It's 7 a.m. And I'm just like, no. That's when I go time. to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was just like um, a very harsh transition. And, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit because a lot of other people who are night owls have that very harsh transition when you have to, you know, have responsibility and you have to go to a job or something like that. It's, it's, it's very tough to have, you know, that bio, like your biological clock's telling you to go to bed at 7am, but you know, your boss is saying, get in at 8am. You can't do that. So it's, uh, it's very difficult, but funny enough, I actually had a psychiatrist who really understood my preference for the night. And he would say, he said to me that like, People, people tend to believe that you're wasting your daytime when you're a night owl, but yeah. night owls, like those people are wasting their, a perfectly good night. So that, that like oh. really stuck with me. He yeah, was just like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, you're, you're, they're wasting a perfectly good night. And you're like, yeah, that's exactly, I agree with that. And I don't know, at the time it was very, it really stuck with me. So, um, I love how you said my preference for the night. I was like, that's something a vampire would say in a very shady <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> Maybe I am a vampire. I just don't know. <laughs> That's going to stick with me. My preference for the night. Ooh. <laughs> Spicy. Maybe I am a vampire and I just don't know. And I just like haven't been feeding enough. And then that's why I'm fucked in the head, maybe. <laughs> get, that, get that blood. You know what would get make that... you super normal is drinking blood. That would really balance you out. That would really help the situation. You're so fucked right now. Drink some blood. <laughs> like... Drink some blood, dude. Dude, you need your blood. Dude, you're always cranky when you haven't had your blood. <laughs> it's like that Snickers commercial. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just not right. <laughs> oh, you're not right until you had your blood. Oh my god. Well, well, <laughs> that's all. my vampirism aside. Um, mm. As I kind of alluded to, a night owl is someone who tends to stay up late at night into the early hours of the morning. So that's kind of like a general definition of what a night owl is. Being a night owl is actually a voluntary thing where. You know, that's just being a night owl as if you're actually voluntarily staying up late at night. But then you also have people who literally can't fall asleep for several hours after like a normal, you know, quote unquote, normal sleep time. And uh, people who have this have a disorder called delayed sleep phase disorder. And as the name implies, this means that the person literally has a delayed circadian rhythm that they that's like shifted from the normal sleep time. And so they're not able to go to bed at a... At, I'm going to keep on saying quote unquote reasonable time because mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel like... Because what's reasonable? Anyway. Um, right, it's all subjective. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
so it was just it was just very interesting to me that that people could literally have a disorder that's like your your sleep phase is shifted and and that's just what you have to deal with. So the direct opposite of a night owl is the dreaded early bird, uh, yeah. which typically is represented Ooh. as a lark, which as opposed to an owl, which I just found very interesting that they chose a lark. I don't know. I I, I guess I guess that's an early bird. Yeah, actually, in some Shakespeare and like early. Yeah, I guess like old literature, the the morning lark is always like a symbol for the first, you know, rays of sunshine or like the introduction of the morning is like the call of the lark. Call of the lark. I guess there's just an early bird. I fucking hate, hate those birds. I want them all to die. <laughs> I've never, I have no idea what a lark is or looks like. I just, just know yeah. them from books, like purely hypothetical <laughs> beings. Well, I mean, okay, I don't actually, I, to be fair, I don't really know what larks are either. Just any bird in the morning, like at the crack of like the first ray of sunshine, that's like, hey, hey, I'm here. And you're like, please, can we not? It's like five in the morning. Horrible <laughs> So just creatures. on principle, you hate them. Early, early birds, yes. Actual birds. <laughs> Actual birds. They're awful And things. the people. Well, yeah. And the people too. The people too, they suck. They're horrible. Yeah. No. How are you so horrible. how are you so active? It's five in the morning. What is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, well, they're the they're the people who tend to be, you know, like Ben Franklin, the early to bed, early to rise kind of people, you know. That whole mantra. That's uh, I, I don't I don't get it. Um, researchers uh, typically use the term morningness and eveningness for the two chronotypes of like humans. So when you're describing humans, you say like I like appreciate morningness or I appreciate eveningness. It's like your chronotype is... Is chronotype... Like, is that a common word that you've come across? I, I love that. Chronotype is just like the way to describe how you sleep. It's like you're... It, do you... You know, are you a night person or a day person? Yeah, that's a very cool word. Like, I just kind of like that. As, to me, that sounds like a, an old futurism kind of term. A chronotype. <laughs> yeah. Like... Ooh. My chronotype. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you and your God. chronotypes... Yeah. Yeah, you, <laughs> now that sounds derogatory. That's great. I'm just trying it on. I'm just trying it on. Just trying it on. But when you're describing nature, uh, you use the term diurnality and nocturnality for mm-hmm. describing you know animal behavior as like being early morning or late at night, night owl, early bird, you know. But in several different countries, especially against Scandinavia, uh, the early birds are called type A people and uh, night owls are called type B people. So I'm very much a B person. So that's a way to uh, describe yourself. It's in Scandinavia, apparently. Kind of sounds like you're calling yourself a beta. Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just leave it where it is. I now see that and I'm never going to call myself a B person ever. <laughs> we're not, we're not <laughs> in Scandinavia, so it's all good. Uh, so the history of being a night owl, which I found rather, rather limited um, because... Typically, staying up after dark was considered a very negative trait for humans, um, especially during survival periods. You're just like, that, that was a bad thing because things had better sight than we did and things had better senses than we did. And we're just kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. It's nighttime. I can't see anything. And, <laughs> you know, we'd probably die. So it's better to stay, you know, stay in, not indoors because there's no, anyway, you get, you get my point. Mm-hmm. Um, but this changed in the 17th and 18th century. And spread out from Europe. So basically the, the development and implementation of artificial lighting. So you had more domestic lights. You had street lights. And then, of course, there was the adaptation by royal and upper society classes having, like, upper social classes having 
events at night versus mm. during the daytime. So all these events were happening at night. So people had to stay up later at night. And so it kind of shifted the perception of going to bed later because you're saying like all the, the royals and the upper society are, are, they're all hanging out at night. So I should hang out at night. And so it be, mm. kind of became the new culture. And then you also had the introduction of chocolate, coffee, and tea, as well as cafes that stayed open throughout the day, which coffee we talked about, which is cool. It's a good topic because uh, <laughs> it's my topic. <laughs> it's cool because um, it's mine. If anyone cool wants to hear, that was the episode that's uh, the Holy Grail goes better. Ask Alice if the Holy Grail goes better with wine or coffee. And that was the episode. Oh, yeah, that was that episode. <laughs> that was a great episode. That was just a good episode in general. Um, but yeah, all of those coffee, chocolate, and tea, and you also had the cafes staying out, staying open throughout the day, that all helped the culture sort of shift to later, like a later, like a later culture almost. Um, so the characteristics of being a night owl tend to lead, you know, night owls into working night shift jobs versus, you know, working day shift jobs because it's difficult to add a, like, you know, adapt to those like um, hours from your night owl sleep schedule. Um, though there has been some progress in respecting employees' body clocks uh, through flexible working hours, this is definitely not the norm where sometimes companies will give you like, you know, you can work later and as long as you put in your eight hours, you're, you're fine. But, you know, this is definitely not the norm. A lot of companies are just like, be here at this time specifically, which kind of sucks. Anyway, but the Danish Bee Society and the American Start School Later movement both lobby for schools and workplaces to be more flexible in a post-agricultural world. So there are people out there who are looking to have this change, which is, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's I'm interesting. I'm totally for that. Working in public schools is like, you have to get up. Well, I have to get up and I'm fortunate. Like some people get up at like actually five in the morning. I get up at six to get to my school where I am currently subbing. It fucking sucks. Like, yeah. kids aren't into it. The teachers are all tired. I'm tired. Like, no one likes it. And, like, yeah, okay, so that you would end later. But, like, it seems worth it because getting up yeah. that early, especially since kids are staying up regardless yeah. because of yeah. their cell phones and everything, yeah, that needs to change. Yeah. Well, that's – we will definitely talk about that because that's, that's a, a whole big thing is technology has definitely shifted a lot of people to uh, being night owls because it's just – it's so much – it's it's something to do during that period where a period where we never had anything to do before like technology so true right um, but some research has found that night owls are more intelligent creative and more likely to have higher paying jobs than morning people before you get too excited uh this is hotly debated most the research that i read was kind of crappy research so it was just kind of (laughs) like hey study of like 10 people hey look at the night owls and i was like great but another study of uh, 1000 adolescents by the university of madrid found that night owls do score higher than early birds on inductive reasoning tests which is often used as a proxy for determining intelligence so uh, that could be a sign that night or that that night owls tend to be you know quote unquote more intelligent. That's a, another discussion, another big discussion to have. Uh, what is intelligence? But I feel like using the inductive reasoning test is as like a kind of iffy, reasonable sort of way of determining intelligence. So I don't know. It it it's hotly debated. Do you know? Um, in that in that research, did the night owls take their their exam or test or whatever it was? At- at night mm. or was it like kind of midday for all of them as like a I, I would assume it was midday for all of them okay. because literally they, they talk about how night owls lag behind morning people in academic performance because all the all the schools are, are basically designed to be very early mornings 
So I would assume I would assume that's kind of why night owls tend to lag behind because the you know you're tired right. and you can't really you know you, you can't academically mm-hmm. perform. But if you're giving eleven a, a level playing field, you'd be able to you know perform just as well or, or even better. So I don't know. It's 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 so tough because there's so many confounding variables and so many things you can't study that it's really hard to make these like general accu like almost accusations. That's not the right word. These general claims that you're like, oh, they're better, but you know, I don't know. It's it's just tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is uh, night owls do tend to have unhealthy eating habits and tend to smoke more often than morning people, which I found also very interesting. Uh, what? Well, it's just funny to me because I've totally used smoking as a way to stay up late. <laughs> <laughs> but also like you know to me it's like also funny because to me the stereotype of a morning uh oh my god a, an early bird or morning person is like the type of person who wakes up and like goes to the gym and is like you know just the successful yes. salesman oh, that, like, that makes me want to throw up right now he just they're <laughs> like gotta get my pre-workout shake gonna go to the gym gonna have a great normal I, healthy I, day I do not understand. It is literally like crazy talk to me. I'm being serious. Like that makes no sense to me. I don't understand. The real go-getters of the world. Well, it's funny you say that because night owls are more, like being a night owl is more prevalent in men than in women. Um, And night owls tend to be single and not in long-term relationships. So that's just, uh, that that hurts. (laughs) That hurts, doesn't it? Gene is also nodding. (laughs) 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 Hurts hurts right in the heart. Whatever, I'm happy. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Ladies, we are still taking applications for Drew. Uh, We have yet to discuss offline if we're taking any applications for Gene. Gene. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. No applications at this time for Gene. Thank you. No applications. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for submitting them, though. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So what causes people to become night owls? Do you know? Well, I know. Caffeine? Uh, Well, you're kind of right. Oh, Um, okay. (laughs) What were you going to say? What were you going to say? I was going to say a rough childhood. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) That's probably true. (laughs) I, I really don't know. But uh, it's as a, a very slight side note, um, it's it's interesting that chronotypes actually or sleep patterns tend to be normally distributed, with extremely morning people on like on one side of the spectrum and extremely night people on the other side. But it's completely normally distributed, which is super cool. I don't know. I just I just feel like I don't know. I like normal distributions because they're cool. But it's just cool that this is like a, a big spectrum of of what people will normally sleep like. I don't know if that's a proper sentence. I mean, it does make sense that there needs to be a most common sleep schedule so that society can function. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense that there'd there'd be like mostly people centered on that that normal sleep sleep cycle. Mm -hmm. So a person may become a night owl due to a few factors, including genetic predisposition. So that's like your your circadian rhythm. Uh, The person's age, with teenagers and young adults tending to be more night owls than older people. And finally, their environment. So this includes um, patterns of light exposure, as well as lifestyle things such as using electronic lights or, you know, just technology in general and having minimal light exposure. So all of those things combined with your circadian rhythm sort of pulls together and makes you a night owl. So So if you lived in an area of high light pollution. 
you'd probably be more likely to be a night owl. Or at least your circadian rhythm would be pretty fucked. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're just like, light, but there shouldn't be. (laughs) It's everywhere. But uh, another very interesting thing that I found is that circadian rhythm doesn't, isn't like a constant thing. It changes over time a lot. But that doesn't mean like a morning lark is going to become a night owl without, you know, really trying. It's like your normal sleep pattern is going to change by like an hour or half an hour, just depending on when you go to bed. So you have, you know, the circadian rhythm changing with that too. So I just found that very, very interesting that you could, you know, you can change how you're sleeping. So the wiki article listed quite a few famous night owls, uh, including Winston Churchill, H.P. Uh, oh. Lovecraft, and J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien, sorry. Which was interesting to me. Uh, there were quite a few other night owls, but I just kind of just saw those three names. I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, they, kind those, of. Those ones stuck out to me. I like that yeah. too because so much of Lovecraft's horror has to do with like dreams and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True, true, true. He's a night owl. Look at that. So I wanted to end off by saying that night owls definitely has its drawbacks. Being a night owl definitely has its drawbacks. But I think the night is definitely swell time, and I don't really plan on changing my sleep pattern anytime soon, so I guess I'm stuck with it. Uh, <laughs> That's so cute. But, but <laughs> it's so cute. Be your authentic <laughs> self, Drew. Oh, okay. Well, um, the funny thing is I will say when I don't have technology around me, like when I go visit my parents, I don't have any technology around me. I just have a, like a completely normal sleep schedule. So I think it's just technology has greatly increased the prevalence of being night owls. Cause I think it's just like something to do at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure someone has definitely explored this in much greater detail than I have, but uh, that's, it just seems to me that technology does have this impact, but yeah, that's, that's uh, night owls in a nutshell. I really hope you enjoyed it. Thank that's you, cool. Drew. And actually this reminds me um, what you're talking about now is like, have you ever been like, in like a hurricane or a storm or whatever, like where the power goes out for multiple days and you're like, what yeah. is there to do other than sleep when it gets dark? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it like temporarily fixes your sleeping schedule. It's totally technology. <laughs> it's, it is 100% technology. Yeah, like I actually recently, my phone has become just a source of like downloading stress. Like I'm like so, because I'll just like, you know, ping pong between like, you know, I'll be on Discord, I'll be on WhatsApp, I'll be on my, like, texting, I'll be on Snapchat, I'll be in my email, I'll be on Slack, and it's just, like, bam, bam, bam through, like, all of these yeah. people and responsibilities. So I actually bought just, like, a, a totally analog <laughs> acoustic um, alarm clock that has no technology hey. whatsoever. <laughs> and so at, cool. Yeah, so that at night... Because I obviously use my phone as an alarm clock, too. So at a certain point in the night, I just shut my phone off, like actually turn my phone off. And then I actually, it's so soothing to me to watch the screen die. Like to just, (laughs) it's like, there goes all my responsibility. And now it is just me alone in my house. And I'm going to use my normal ass alarm clock. And that's actually done a lot of, um, a lot of positive things for my sleeping. That's awesome. Good for you for even having the mental fortitude to do that i'm like no 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 what if i miss something (laughs) oh my god (laughs) well i mean like when you're like doom scrolling twitter until you know two in the morning and it's like oh my god like the world's gonna die (laughs) like it's gonna die tonight i gotta stay up (laughs) this would be a great time to plug our twitter (laughs) yes (laughs) doom scroll our twitter Yeah. If you want some interesting facts or fun to break up your doom scrolling, come join us on Twitter at Go Ask Alice Pod. Uh, if you want to hang out on Instagram, that's Go Ask Alice Podcast. But really, we're happy to hang out with you anywhere. Absolutely. 
as we established at the very beginning of our show, we love Michelle. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Meh. and we love all of you for hanging out with us this was extremely fun my cheeks hurt from smiling i hope you guys learned some very interesting facts or statistically honestly it's just math you heard some phrases that people have not really uttered before in the english language we have put this to the test we've got some single digits occurrences or double digits occurrences anyway come hang out with us any way that you want to we love being with you and we love doing this show so thank you to everybody who's given us so much support and especially michelle we love you michelle we love so you don't, michelle don't forget to leave that good review we're looking <laughs> hey. forward to it you <laughs> just staying up late anyway that's right <laughs> bye Bye-bye. Bye. Whispering weavers. Whispering weavers. We got old-timey spooky boys who become a cat. We got old-timey spooky boys who come out of the grave still looking fresh and fine. 